Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. Did, uh, did you notice the dude in the front row, uh, and like, it almost looked like a leopard print or like zebra type shirt who was just geeking the whole time? I didn't. Oh man, he was there. Cause you know, normally like the front row is not full until the pay-per-view yeah, yeah, yeah. and even so it's just like celebrities. And a lot of times they're on their phones, like while fights are going on. My man is there for the very first fight. He's got his, his girl with him. She does not smile once the entire time, but my dude is like at the edge of his seat, like grinning the entire event. Like as things are happening in the cage, he's like, oh, and just like dope though. Oh, having an amazing time. It's like you're getting your money's worth. Like, like good for you, man. Especially because when (laughs) you and I went in when they came to Raleigh, like I had that joy. I wasn't in front seat. You know, we didn't have front seat money. Yeah. But I had that joy, so it's like I get what he's feeling. Like, they said what they hadn't been there since six years, so yeah. for like six years, it's like you guys are finally here. I'm gonna be here, and we were we did the same thing. We're not missing a fight. We're not. We're yeah. seeing everything. So no, nah, I didn't see that. I'll try to go back and look at that. Sometimes like in between stuff, I don't really look. But you said you yeah, could see it, him during the fight. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he was like front row, and he was whenever they would cut to like that side angle in between fights of the announcers. Yeah. You could see him in the background. Oh, that's funny. And so, like, and so when they're doing the wrap up after the event, he's still there. Like, yes. my man was, yeah, it and, was one of those, like, I want to know who that dude is. And now <laughs> that you say that, I think after the first two fights, I think when they were, because you're saying they were behind, like, the commentary team. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I know who you're talking about, but, like, I didn't put any attention to that. I'll go back and look just because, like, it's oh. good to see someone just, like, enjoying themselves. <laughs> yeah. Grit it, like, ear to ear, grit in the yeah. whole time. It's like either you have really good drugs. <laughs> or like you're just thoroughly enjoying this, and I'm hoping it's both the latter, not the former. Well, it's you know? both, man. Let, let the man <laughs> party and have a good time. Uh, what was not a party for Izzy? Uh, that was. I mean, we we said we don't know Strickland's path to victory, and apparently, it was just do what Strickland does. So I'm gonna shit on you just a little bit because okay, my, cool, my, my picks were better than yours. But if you yeah. would have told me, like, let's say I missed the event, you said, "Hey, DJ." One of your, you got all your five picks right, but one, and I would have bet everything that I had this one correct. That Izzy winning, um, humble brag by the way that you, one hundred percent. I, I, letting you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Last night, you, your brother and myself are all, and I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here like, well, okay, when, when is Izzy gonna change, turn it around? And he just didn't. Yeah, I and I had started taking notes in the second round where I was like, okay, Izzy's starting to take back over, right? Like he Izzy has started to be Izzy, yeah. and then it just went went back downhill. It was one thing that was why like, he got caught in the first round. It was like, okay, you know, he he just got caught. He tried to do like the pull hook kind of thing that that he's done to Poetan and Whitaker, yep. and he just Strickland went straight through it, caught him with the right hand. I get it. I was very, I thought it was going to get stopped, but you saw Izzy like trying to throw the thumbs up to Mark Goddard and to Goddard's credit. I think he's very quickly becoming the the best ref in MMA personally, Fair. but he like, he was not even close to stopping it. He and, hadn't stepped close to it. He was just kind of watching it play out. And I haven't rewatched the fight, but even in the moment I was like, okay, Izzy's blocking these, right? Like it, it's a, and when he threw the thumbs up, I'm like, 
there's still that little fear because I wanted Izzy to win. I'm like, okay, don't just give a thumbs up. Get away. You know, like, don't, yeah. because you don't know what's going to stop him. Good that they didn't stop it because look what happened. In the second round, Izzy did win. I mean, yeah. Only one, only round he only won. Only round he won. But so you, in that moment, I, I'm with you the same thing too because the first round, I didn't write any notes either. And then yeah. in the second round, I put, okay, Izzy came back round two. You know, he he's starting to get his flow. But you're right. Sean Strickland, I mean, it's it's kind of bizarre the commentary right after, you know, here in DC and uh Anik and Senko kind of talk about like the workload and, and how he needs a rest. It's like almost it went from like this huge favorite to he needs a break. But mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. Maybe sometimes people just have their own kryptonite. Is he just couldn't do anything? If it's if it's the workload, okay, whatever. But I mean, how many t- we the the stat about how many he missed was insane, man. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, he he couldn't figure him out. Yeah, which is wild because Strickland has a style, right? Like that's what he does. Uh, really, the only person in the UFC that we've seen really figure it out was Poetan. Yeah. I, I know Cannoneer beat him, but that was it was a very different fight. It was a close fight. It was you know, back and forth. Strickland landed more strikes than Cannoneer in that fight. Uh, but yeah, he was. I mean, he confused Izzy, right? Like. I haven't seen somebody that confused since they saw Willem Dafoe naked on set. Like, <laughs> well, of the, course not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, confusingly, yeah, super confusingly confused. large. Um, but yeah, he uh, he just looked like he did not know what to do. Couldn't figure out the range, which was interesting. Yeah. Like, it was just a very interesting thing to to watch play out. Is he was so calm in between rounds one and two of just like you know what he get? Oh, is the overhand okay? You know, just kind of like talking through it but then then the adjustment happened round two and it's like okay he's getting it but then it just seemed like he didn't understand how to get past that and you uh, did you watch the post-fight press conference i was just about to bring it up it's so out like one of the things i love about izzy and i'll even give dom the same credit when dom lost his belt and he just stood there and he was like you have to take these moments i that's what we like about these guys is that they're not it was very bizarre for him to come out. He's like, I, I'm not going to talk. I'm going to enjoy. It just seems like mentally, maybe he just had an off day. Maybe he had an off yeah. couple of days because even his back and forth wasn't as sharp. I don't know. I don't know. You see what Behrman was saying because Behrman ended up fielding the questions for yeah. him. Yeah, with just him saying, like, we had the game plan. Like, we'll fight him again tomorrow. Like, we know we just didn't do it. He said, you he know, he like, said we we'll just... fight next week. And it's like, but you don't deserve yeah. it with that performance, though. Def- definitely not. But that was a, it, it it's the the ultimate kind of example of just not showing up on the given night, right? Like that is it's one of the reasons that Khabib's undefeated record, what John Jones has done, is so impressive yep. because even on nights where they quote unquote didn't show up, they were still there enough to get the victory, Correct. right? And that we did not see that with Izzy. This is the first time we've seen Izzy just not be there for it and and it was it was weird like we've seen odd performances from him in the past with cannoneer romero but those were also i shouldn't say odd like less aggressive performances sure there was an understanding to it and he was in control of those fights yep there was five minutes where it felt like he was in control of this fight yeah and and we'll talk a little bit about like his future but it's just very bizarre to me because with Sean Strickland being the champion, no shade to Sean Strickland. He, we're gonna, I'm gonna give him his moment. He's not a, he's not a 
three-time defending champion in this division. That's that's how I feel. So it's like this division opens up if Izzy doesn't get his rematch and if Izzy just can't figure this guy out. But now we'll probably see the belt change the hands a couple times, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm interested to know what the the first defense is going to be. Dana White said that an immediate rematch makes sense. I don't personally don't think that. Right. Like if you're looking if the Poeton fight never happened, sure. But you're looking at somebody who's lost two of his last three fights now mm-hmm. and, and a, a very uninspired performance. I wonder what what's going on in his life. If there if there was something going on or if it was just a. Hey, couldn't pull the trigger tonight. You know, thing, things just happened. And then it, it's so it's crazy in moments like this because we talk about the greatness not showing up as opposed to like the performance Strickland put on was amazing, right? Izzy is one of the most accurate strikers in in the UFC. And at one point, I think he was landing like single-digit percentage-wise. It was rough. And that's Strickland's ability to stand in boxing range with people and not get hit is unbelievable. It it is really impressive because he's done it to some of the heaviest hitters, right? Like Cannoneer will put you out with one shot. And he did it to Cannonier. He did it to Izzy. He did it to po- Poetan. Didn't work out for him, right? But then we talked about last week to be humble enough to be like, hey, man, help me. Yep. Like, show me what you saw. It's impressive. You, all the outside of the cage stuff aside with with Strickland, the, the controversial stuff he says, you know, all of that, you have to appreciate somebody who is the ultimate company man, right? Like, he took the Poeton fight when Poeton was unranked and he was ranked, I think, fourth. Sure. And put his his ranking on the line when no one else would. Did it again in his last fight with Abus Magomedov. No one was wanting to fight him. I think Strickland was ranked seventh at the time. It was like, yeah, bring it on. Yep. And then he still wasn't going to get the title shot. It took another person turning down the title shot for him to be like, hey, I'll take the fight again. You, you know, like, I that's what I do. And you love to see somebody who's that willing to be about what they talk about, right? Like he, yeah. and any, I'll fight anybody, you know, like this is fun for me. And he actually does it yeah. as opposed to some of these people that say that, but then say, show me the money. Can, can I make a wild scenario? What if, what if we live in the universe in this multiverse? What if we live in the universe where Strong Strickland is the Volk to the Max Holloway, which is Izzy. And then we have mm-hmm. Izzy in the middleweight division that just can't beat him. Let's just say he just can't figure him out, but he's clearly the next best guy. How wild would that be? Now, the difference is I don't think Sean Strickland beats everybody else as well. Volk mm-hmm. beats everybody in the division. But yeah. if we live in a world now where Izzy can't figure this guy out and he can't become champion as long as Strickland's champion, that would be wild, man. I I, I, I texted a buddy of mine, fan of the show as well, uh, last night, and I was like, I can't like I can't believe that Izzy just lost. And he said, dude, I'm sorry I'm in Mexico. I didn't get to watch it. And he's like, was it bad? And I was like, kind of. And he was shocked. He was like, I can't. Like, are you fucking with me? That's how good Izzy is. And he just didn't believe me. He just didn't believe me at the time. And I was like, no, dude, I'm dead serious. I was like, you know, like, I'm bummed out right now. It, for a great card, and don't get me wrong, if I had no investment in any of these fighters, great card, right? If, if yeah. I knew the how good Izzy was. But, like, the card ended, and I was kind of deflated last night. I'm like, dang, man. Um, much much respect to Strickland, like like you just said, to, to get knocked out by Poetan and then learn from it and maybe it made him a little bit better or maybe he's just the guy that you know i i I would like to see izzy fight him in the future and and solve the puzzle that's for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um but 
Strickland opens up the division now, and now Bobby Knuckles is back in play. Now even Vittori's back in play. Now you have Cannoneer who says, hey, I did beat you. Um, Hamzat, uh, Poetan, if he ever wanted to come back down, hasn't went. I mean, the division is more open, but, ah, man, I'm just such a fan of Izzy. It was a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, and for Strickland moving forward, the one that would make sense is Duplessis, but yeah. we know how Dana White feels about people that turn down fights, especially title fights, right? right? So he might never get another shot unless he just makes himself undeniable. Yeah. I think maybe, you know, Cannoneer was the alternate and Cannoneer has a win over Strickland. You know, is that is this the opportunity now for Cannoneer to get his shot? Uh, or is it, you know, there's uh, there's that Swedish Chechen <laughs> sitting out there where if he puts on a performance in Abu Dhabi, I think all of a sudden, boom, Hamzat could be the next guy. And you know, sure, last it, night he said, you guys, I don't get to show my wrestling. I would love to do it once. Hamzat will do that. You know, so like Hamzat, oh, yeah. Hamzat can catapult himself. It's just if the UFC wants to give Izzy a rematch, Izzy's going to take it. Mentally, Izzy's going to take it mm-hmm. because that's who he is. So if they offer it to him, that's what we're seeing next. Well, and what, what's wild is since I, I think Izzy has fought every, the most he's been off, excuse me, is like seven months from the time that he like first started fighting on pay-per-views. So like, that's wild, you know, for him to be able to do that. Uh, Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he does just need a break because he did sound in the brief, you know, 30 seconds he he spoke during the press conference. He just sounded like a guy who needed to be like, yeah, Hey, like it's bigger than me. I don't need this. Like I'm going to go celebrate because there were some huge wins from my teammates and, and like, tonight's about them you know and and that sounds like somebody and so many of the long running long reigning champs have said it like i just i need time it it becomes a lot and for izzy if he doesn't get an immediate rematch i don't i don't know i don't know what happens you know maybe if they don't give a title shot to duplessis you have duplessis izzy for a number one contender Uh, but other than that like izzy's beaten everybody yeah it, it sucks too because first of all you were right. You almost had it right on the head. I, I'm looking, trying to just look quick. His longest break was eight months. And and yeah. you do hear it where, I mean, look how Sean Strickland looked after the one time he had to make championship weight. And he doesn't have the media obligations. He doesn't have all these people calling for interviews. He didn't have all this extra shit. It does get mentally exhausting. But it just sucks because Duplessis has to be kicking himself, not because he could have been the guy in the night, but it's not as impressive to beat Izzy now. Like, if you go fight Izzy next, mm-hmm. and it's not even for a belt, and you beat him, it's like, well, people are going to be like, well, Izzy got found out, right? It sucks for Duplessis to be in that moment. Um, I'm I'm on it with you. I don't know what you do with Izzy. You almost feel like the only thing really that makes sense is an immediate title shot. It just doesn't make sense with that performance. Um, unless there's something in the background that Izzy can convince the UFC and then, then be like, okay, that's what happened. And if we know one thing about Izzy is he'll come back out, and I think I – think him and his camp can figure out the puzzle. And that's just me being biased, bro. Yeah. I just I just wanted to happen. Yeah. But hearing Bearman talk about it, I mean, he sounded like, yeah, we we knew what we were supposed to do. We knew exactly what was going to happen and we just didn't yep. go out there and do it. Um, you know, he raised a very good point about, you know, with a lot of guys, when you throw, you get heat coming back at you 40, 60% of the time. He's like, you know, it, we knew every single time we threw, 100% of the time Strickland is going to set his feet and throw back. And is he just couldn't adapt to it, which, you know, maybe that is the blueprint, right? Is don't let him get comfortable and just 
except the firefight of hey every time he swings at a like every time he swings we're we're bringing it right back to him you know we've seen it not work out for people strickland obviously has a very unique defense uh, not just stylistically in mma but i mean he is i believe he has the best strike defense percentage in yep. in middleweight history so you know like obviously he's very defensively sound uh, but yeah that as a as an izzy fan and a fan of the game like i'm interested to see somebody figure out that puzzle because the the only solution we've seen at 185 to that puzzle is yeah stand in the firefight and hopefully you crack strickland before he he gets you you know and so yeah it'll, it'll be a fun fun puzzle to to see get get figured out or, or maybe not figured out but either way uh good on you sean strickland yep. you know the to it reminded me of of lawler uh, a little bit or bisbing a little bit where it was like you know here's these people that have done everything that's been asked of them and then they finally get that that reward uh for for the hard work yeah and, and listen he came he showed up he did what he had to do like him or not like him you know he seems to have a fan base some people disagree with what he says what he did last night was you you can't take that away and i mean even he's talking about like the belt doesn't matter to me anymore you know i, didn't, I don't know if you watch this section mm-hmm. it's like okay well that's not gonna that's that's weird coming from like the company man portion of it but that's who he is so either yeah. you take that or you're not but i just I'll I'll stick to it. My picks have been pretty good lately. Um, <laughs> I don't think that he will hold the belt for long. Yeah, yeah uh, within a couple fights, if not next. So, but mm-hmm. he did what he had to do. He's going down in history as a as a guy that is a middleweight champion. Yeah, for, yeah. forever, right in the record books. Good for him. Uh, the the fight that I know had us kind of texting back and forth the most uh, was that Felipe dos Santos oh. mono cop. You want to talk about? all action all the time. Uh, and you know, who I think probably the happiest person in the world was a person who missed weight in the contender series that didn't have to fight Felipe dos Santos dog. I don't know who this Felipe dos Santos was before last night. He's got a fan for life. I thought me, uh, I said this picked cop, but I was like, cops going to destroy. was that the right pick? <laughs> yeah. I, I, when we talked about him, like cops should destroy this kid. Right. Not at all. And not only that, maybe if he has a little more power, maybe cops get stopped. I mean, it was insane. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that's a little bit of like underestimating him or is this, this kid is just that tough? Um, I think it's a, I think it's a hard style, right? It's, it's shown with Dubronx at, at lightweight. When you have somebody who's willing to go in there, can get cracked and not go out and will just sit there and fire back. And you don't, he's got power. You don't know all of a sudden a flying knee, spinning shit. You just don't know what's coming back at you. I, I think that's really hard to to fight against, you know? And he, when you look at somebody like Cop, who's a very high level striker and is a very good counter striker, uh, all that that's great. But if it gets a little messy and you crack somebody and you think you're going to get get the finish and they crack you back because they're not going anywhere, like that's tough to deal with i think and and that camp like that is the for that person that's the perfect camp right we talked talked about it last week when we were talking about this fight like felipe dos santos is a young du bronx he is very clearly like a diego lima shoot the box fighter and he showed it and so i i think anytime you have the right personality the right skill set with the right style like that's that can be dangerous and i think cop found that out you know, cop talked a bunch of shit leaning up to it. I thought that he, you know, he tried to play the good guy afterwards, not talking to Car France, uh, <laughs> but um, with Dos Santos directly after he tried to like give him a hug. 
And Del Santos kind of like mushed him off. Like, hey man, like, fuck you. Like you were talking a bunch of shit. Like we're not we're not friends now just because we fought. Which um, which, which I know, thought was interesting. Well, I also you see that a lot. And then like, you know, I, I do like one of the things about having fighters as commentators is they have that like now they're gonna show respect and they know it, right? It doesn't matter, you know it. It's why it was so bizarre to see Bisbing turn heel after he beat Luke Rockle, because it's like when it happened to you. But regardless, everybody has their moment if you don't like the guy. But with Monel Cop, I, I didn't mind seeing him do that because there is a part of wanting to go here and beat Kai Car France in his home him home. Like mm-hmm. I get it. Um, I'd be real interested to see how Car France does now. I'm even more confident about that fight being like maybe close. But um, you know, Monel Cop, the the I think the difference in this fight, they're both tough. I think Cop just hits so much harder. Like I just think it's one of those things where when he hit him, it stopped him a little bit more. I mean, he got wobbled mm-hmm. a couple times, Cop did, but Dos Santos got dropped a couple times, you know, and it. Yeah. I, I think him just having a amazing chin really saved him last night, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't wait. If the UFC doesn't pat this kid on the back and say, you know, you're you're safe, they're crazy. They're crazy. Yeah, and, and please, please don't throw him back in with a top 15. No. Right, like, like he, he just, yes, he looked good against the number 10 fighter had him hurt at times where it's like, holy shit, this, this kid might get the finish, but ultimately he wasn't in control of that fight. He had his moments. It almost reminded me a little bit of uh, not the way the fight trend or the style of how it happened, but Diego Lopez versus Evloyev, right? Where here's somebody who comes in very short notice, looks the part, looks like they should be in there with this person, isn't winning the fight, but has those moments where it's like, ooh, you know, if there was a full camp, like this might be different. And I think Dos Santos did that and deserves, uh, clearly deserves to be in the UFC. Yeah. But I think he's 20, he turned 23, like let him fight some guys outside of the top 15. You know, this isn't a Steve Urseg, Dvorak situation where he got the win. Like I get it. If he got the win, different. Sorry, kid. Yeah. Like you're off to the races. Didn't happen. Now let him build up because uh, he went out there and put on a performance for your company on short notice. Yeah, he didn't get the win. He got the moral victory, though. And if you're his camp or or the UFC brass, and just be like, look, man, we're going to have you in the UFC fighting people not in the top 15. But look what you did to a look what you did. Like, you're almost there. Don't this isn't a discouraging moment. I hope he slept well yesterday and was proud of himself because nobody i mean the only way you you bet on him is because of the line but yeah. you know i i mean i was so impressed that i almost wanted him to win and i had no reason to but i was like man it would just be cool if this guy won but clearly he didn't like i mean it was clear he didn't yeah. but i'm a fan can't wait to see what they have for him next and seems like just a good guy yeah i mean cops a world champion just cuz you're not a ufc champion doesn't mean you're not uh, you know like he was rising in japan and we know the lower weight classes everywhere, but like once you get over into the the Asian promotions, right, especially over there, those lower weight classes have a ton of talent. And so to be the champion over there is nothing to sniff at. Uh, and and cops good, right? Uh, watching with some of the stylistically when he was getting loose, he has some Sean O'Malley to him of just like that side to side, not just the crossover he was trying to do on him, but the <laughs> like side to side movement, and then boom, come right up the middle. Like there was. There were some similarities there, but obviously the next fight for him has to be Kai Carfrey. Yeah, I mean, just just book it up, and and I mean, even him calling him out. First of all, 
And I can't think of any time in the UFC, and I, I don't know if we'll even talk about Radke, but to drop two, like... Two slurs. Two, <laughs> the same one. Is that like a Australian? Like, I mean, to, we haven't heard it in any other environment. We hear two from two different fighters that aren't in the same camp. It'd be different if they were the same camp. It's like, yeah. that's how they oh, talk. that's how they party. Yeah, that's yeah. how they talk. But is that like something that's like more, like, you know, like... When people use the word, we're just not going to try to say some of these words in case people, yeah. you know, offended to it. But the C word, but like overseas, it's not a big deal, right? Like in Australia, yeah. especially, is that like a slur that people use freely and it's not a big deal? I don't know. I I think uh, like not even like cultural thing because Radke's American, uh, but the I think it's one of those slurs that you know, unfortunately, people use more than like the N word. You know, it's not. But when's that, the last I mean, time you heard it in the UFC twice? Oh, yeah. No, night. I'm not it's... saying like publicly like that. And then the it's not okay. You know, like first and foremost, I wonder if, you know, cop, it almost seemed a little premeditated. Uh, but yeah. the, yeah. you know, DC, DC was quick the second time to be like, nope, taking yeah. the mic from you. Uh, but yeah, hate hate to see it just because it is, like, obviously, you never want to judge somebody from one moment of what comes out of their mouth because weird stuff comes out of people's mouths, especially, you know, caught up emotion, all those things, you know, we all would like to think we wouldn't, you know, start throwing out slurs on, you know, national television. Uh, but I've the, called people lint lickers before and I'm not proud of it. I get it. <laughs> you, I get what you're saying. Lint liquor. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Renob. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it's definitely unfortunate. I I hate to see it, but yeah, it was strange that it was it was twice yeah. in night because I didn't catch the first. You know, when you tell me, I was like cooking, so I didn't. I was like, I didn't even listen to it. And you're like, I was like, well, now I got to go listen to it, like just to see. And he already had his apology. People mm-hmm. can take it or not. His apology was written sincerely, but you know, yeah. it could have been Chat GPT apology. <laughs> Who knows no, now? No. Um, yeah. but it like I I'm not gonna hold someone like and make them. Uh, a villain because of something that happened but it was one of those things that when you told me i was like okay well let me i almost even downplayed when you said i was like he couldn't have like just said it right like and when you're like nah he said it man and then yeah cop did seem a little bit more uh, like radke's version seemed like it just was off the cuff like I've, i say this word emotion yeah cop mm-hmm. seemed like i'm going to say this to this guy but they both still yeah. said it you don't hear it in the ufc a lot i wonder where if what if any punishment? Because I think Diaz said some. Then he say maybe the same word like on Twitter years ago and got punished like twenty thousand. Nate Diaz, I believe. I I don't know. The only one that I remember about like somebody saying something and getting like getting in trouble for it with the UFC was I believe it was Miguel Torres um, making like a rape joke on on twitter yeah so nate diaz suspended 90 days and fined mm-hmm. twenty thousand for offensive twitter message so i mean that's not a twitter message and it's a homophobic slur for nate diaz this is like now we're on espn baby say what you want but like they, dana white seemed to poo-poo it a little bit which doesn't surprise me you know it's just kind of like they're grown men they're gonna say what they're gonna say which i don't like, disagree with i honestly if i'd rather people say it so we know who has those intentions, right? Who feels that way? Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Like I don't mind. I don't mind that thing where it's like, hey, they're going to say what they're going to say. We'll handle it in the background. Yeah, yeah, and it just stinks because like Raggy, big win for him, right? Yeah. Even though Blood Diamond is not not a great MMA fighter, uh, but still 
big win for him. Everyone knew Blood Diamond's name. They didn't know Raggy's name. And then obviously for Mono Cop, you just got into a war and and won. Yeah, had the opportunity. And it was a great call out too of just that like, you know, energy. We're ready for that to be a main event of a fight night kind of thing. And then it's like, oh man, you, you know, you ended it with bigotry. Like that's not cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, unfor- unfortunate. It, it leaves a sour taste in in your mouth right like it, it makes me and i get like grown men or grown men they're gonna do what they're gonna do but it makes me like uh, if i like it makes me like mono cop just a little bit less sure and you know? and, and, and to, to that point i didn't hear the racky thing so after the fight i was like good for him and then when you told me it was like now my opinion did change a little bit right yeah um so but i mean like i said i i do i don't mind the let them say what they want to say and if they want to shoot themselves in the foot that's what they want to do they are grown people but you know you have the right to say what you want to say but we have the right to feel how we want to do and you, you also have the right to consequences so we'll see what happens it'll be For sure i'm sure yeah. we'll talk about it on an f update or something like that yeah well and then the gym he was talking about rolling up on they had a couple of their fighters had a pretty good night especially their their light heavyweights Carlos Olber, I mean, he at first it looked like he didn't get the finish, but he did. Yeah. Uh, 11 seconds left, which, by the way, great use of replay there. Thank right? you. Because, yes, that's what it should be. I'm glad that it happened with 11 seconds left, not like two minutes left yeah. or something where, you know, uh, Jung could have taken some punishment he didn't need to take. Uh, but good on them for for reviewing that. I mean, like, no, it's a, it's a stoppage, right? Like, that matters. It matters in the world of betting. Right, there's all kinds Oof. of people that bet whether it goes the distance or not. So there's a very quick shift in money there. But what happens though? Um, can I throw a what if scenario at you? What happens if this happens two minutes left and then somehow Jung takes over and beats him? What do you do? No contest. What do you do? Yeah, I think that's one that yeah would have to. I don't know the the exact rules for that. You know, fortunately they were in a position here where the fight was now over. And instead of saying it's going to the judges, we do have a clear cut finish. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I would like to think that it would end up being a no contest, but you just you hope that things like this don't don't happen frequently sure. because ultimately, you know, it takes us back to the Bobby Green Jared Gordon fight, and even a little bit with the uh, Austin Lane Justin Taffa fight, where people taking punishment they don't need to take because of the referee. And you hope that it doesn't happen often. Thankfully, in this scenario, there was no additional damage there, but great use of the replay and them not just being like, oh, the fight's over and Allberg was going to win anyway, so we're good. But like actually doing what they were supposed to do. I appreciate that. We've had a few weeks now in a row where we've been able to say like, hey, they're they're making improvements from a refing standpoint, from a judging standpoint, just from the overall operation of the sport as it becomes bigger. Yeah, and I don't blame Herb Dean for not being in that. I mean, the way he tapped, like, this is one of those things where it's like, uh, I think a couple weeks ago we talked about, like, having fighter uh, referees be in position better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a behind the head, the headshot. But on this one, it's like, okay, he didn't see it, and it was a choke up, whatever. But mm-hmm. I honestly was like, when they were talking about it, I was like, I think he tapped. I was like, oh, okay, well, he won anyways. That was my thought. And for them to even, like, change my internal dialogue where it's like, no, we're going to give him the stoppage. I was like, I love this. I love this. This was great. I love to see it. <laughs> what I thought was was kind of funny. I want to know who who was in the uh, the truck when they said, hey, can we get a replay of that? I'm pretty sure he tapped. Like, hey, let's do the angle where his arm's pinned under him. <laughs> like, that. that's the one he probably tapped with. It was like, so hey, dumb. Hey, buddy. It was so, I was like, <laughs> what? And I think even Senko kind of was like, well, 
that's not going to show it. Uh, it's like, yeah, for sure. And yeah, uh, yeah it, I mean that, but I think you just don't expect it and maybe they just weren't prepared for it. But to your point, man, I didn't, I didn't think about like how important it is for betting lines that it does make a difference for people's money, but that's oh, not yeah. the important thing. The important thing is the, they got the right call, but yes, to see consistent UFC officiating go this way. I mean, even when, um, and we'll talk about it a little bit when Tafa got poked in the eye again and they were just, and they even said, well, if he gets poked in the eye, you know, like he does get the time they're reinforcing it. I love to yes. see it. I'm happy that, um, uh, I'm happy that Olberg gets to walk away and say, I did tap him out. I did tap him out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For first UFC submission. Yeah. Uh, he's now on a five fight win streak with four finishes, a four, four finish win streak and five wins. I got a little worried because it seemed like he fell off a cliff gas tank wise with like two minutes left in the third round. Uh, but he got back up and got the finish. So yeah. good on him, even though he looked tired. Uh, but apparently, you know, Eugene Berryman said he he couldn't really walk the last couple of weeks. His his right leg was so beat up. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, he was having issues with. The, I think it was his knee, uh, and said he he could barely walk. Uh, so I mean, you you know, trying to generate power off your back foot, uh, and even then, that left hand is filthy. Dude, the filthy. jab was beating him. Up. I thought he had him. You know, when he dropped him with the jab early, I, I thought the fight was going to be over. But I, Olberg is he's a problem. Right, and especially if if what appeared to be a slight gas tank issue was the result of an injury and not really being able to you know do the cardio he needed to the last couple of weeks, uh, he's scary. He's going to be top fifteen. He called out Dominic Reyes, which I get uh, a little bit of a lackluster call out, uh, just because you know personally I I don't I'm not in the position to tell people to stop fighting, but like I don't need to see Dominic Reyes fight more. Uh, he's been brutally knocked out you know repeatedly. But it'll be um, Olberg's biggest name. Right, so it's like if, Absolutely. If, if all I'm going for is just trying to get a name in a division that's not the strongest division. Okay, at least I beat Dominic Reyes. And do you do you bet against Olberg in a Dominic Reyes fight right now? I, I I already know your answer, but I mean, at least it gets him a dub with a name finally. Yeah, there's very few people I'm at this point betting against Olberg if he steps into the cage with them. You know, if if he doesn't get. The Reyes fight, Lonzo Menafield would be a fun one. Ryan Spann would be a fun one. Khalil Roundtree would be fucking awesome. Uh, however, wait, 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 wa- wait, 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 wait. I'm so sorry. You just said you wouldn't put too many people. You think Roundtree loses to Olberg? No, they, I said not many. Oh, Roundtree is one where it would be an, an amazing yes. fight. Yeah. You know, an amazing fight. But also, like, if you're going to figuring out Olberg's range is not easy. Uh, Sanko had an amazing line where she was talking about he has weaponized patience, you know, and because his loss to Nzechiku was him blowing his load, right? Like yeah. he he was trying to race in there and he got him hurt and just like, all right, I'm going for the kill. And now it was almost, hey, I'm just going to kind of sit here and circle. And anytime you try to invade my space, you're going to get touched. And kind of like forcing his opponent to be like, all right, like I got to kind of try to do something. And every time he got in the range, pop. But was that, do you think that's a uh, tactic change? Or do you think that because like you said, the injury a little bit, do you think it was like a forced change on him because I can't be as explosive or whatever that need to be? I I think so. I I think it was a a not having to do with the injury. I, I think oh, it is tactic. a yeah. an adjustment. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because one, just because of that camp, right? Like uh, 
City Kickboxing, one of the best in the world right now. Uh, but then also, even those other fights have been much shorter other than the Charant fight since then. It seems like an improvement to me, right? Like he doesn't have that that nervous energy. Even when he's dropping people, it's kind of like a, all right, I'm going in for the finish now. Yep. Uh, but yeah, however, there was a slight interesting thing there. As he was walking out, uh, they started playing Return of the Mac, uh, which for a very long time was Anthony Smith's walkout mm-hmm. music. And I was like, are they are they trying to set up a matchup here? Uh, but that, that'd that be a fun one too, right? Like that, that's one. And that's when I don't know if I'm betting against Olberg there. Oh yeah. Right? If he fights Anthony one. Smith, like that's a, <sighs> I think, I think that's a close fight. I, I don't think that's one where you can be like, oh no, Anthony Smith for sure has this. I, I, I think Anthony Smith might just until I see with Olberg if fighting, you know, that level. Mm-hmm. Anthony Smith is that next level, even though he's never going to be mm-hmm. champion. He's that, he's that mid level. Uh, that would be an interesting one. Um, and maybe just play Return of the Mac because it's a fucking jam, dude. It's a bomb. yeah, because yeah. you know it slaps. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, the other 205 are out of that camp Tyson Pedro Ooh. 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 yeah that was that was probably not a pleasure for the pleasure <laughs> at game. all and and that was you know I mean the streak continues right my man hey, if, it, if it ends in the first round it's, it's going Tyson Pedro's yep. way uh, we didn't get that question answered of if he can do something outside of the first round but when he touches people they get hurt right man. like he Hurts people. And Pleasure Man looked William Defoe, right? He looked confused. He looked like, yes. oh my God, I did not. So he, um, uh, Pedro has, he has the touch. He has the yes. touch, right? Yeah. He's and, Abe Lincoln starting for sure. Yeah. And he's always, always been big. But this was in a talked about on the F update. Like he didn't look flabby this time. He looked a little more cut up. Uh, I think this is his second, maybe third fight being at City Kickboxing. Okay. And so he's starting to pick up their system. Uh, apparently in the Bukowskis fight, uh, he was sick and, you know, he didn't really talk about it. Uh, but apparently, you know, he's got a, a young kid and kid brought home some, he brought home, you know, some bug and, and got him it sick and, and he wasn't feeling well, uh, which you would hope somebody would be able to get through that. But you're in a fist fight with a trained killer. Like that's, you know, who knows, uh, but he, awesome, awesome performance from him. The the samurai celebration was was just badass, mm-hmm. and then he's one that I always love to see because his dad's in his corner, and his dad seems so overjoyed and like happy to be not just that his son is winning, but like to be a part of his son's journey, mm-hmm. right? Like during the walkout, he's all smiles. When they're announcing his son's name, he's like all smiles, and it's just like that brings me joy to to see that. Uh, and then for Pedro moving forward. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, he's going to have to at some point. He's going to have to answer the question if he's overcome that. You know, the the one and done. I'd like to see it against Dustin Jacoby. I think that could be some fun. Yeah, I mean that's that's not bad. Um, do you think Pedro's ready for the top fifteen? Uh, if the fight lasts five minutes, yeah. Well, the only reason I, I it, ask, the only reason I ask because he hasn't. I mean, he's lost to some names. Um, mm-hmm. he he doesn't have. I mean, like he even lost to like. Shogun, right? Uh, yeah. O- o- Ovin St. Peru. Was was beating Shogun and, yeah. and hurt his knee. But what yeah. I'm saying is is he has, when I say that, I just mean he has a loss. So, like, um, I, I, I'm I a fan of Pedro. I don't mm-hmm. think that he doesn't deserve, deserve a top 15. But, you know, um, this performance will do that because it's flashy. Uh, yes. and, and I would really like to see the question answer that you would like to see, which is what happens. Like, like if this happened in round two, 
it feels a little different. If it happens around three, it feels a little different because we know around one he has it. I mean, I, I just keep looking at, I mean, I keep visualizing the pleasure man's face and I'm like, he looked <laughs> shocked, right? He just looked shocked. Yes. So, um, good, yeah. great one. Great one. Yeah. Well, I'll throw another name out there. Maybe he avenges his new teammate that we just talked about, Carlos Olberg, and takes on Kennedy and Zetchiku. That could be a good one. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, tied to Ivasa Volkov going into that one. First of all, I, I always forget uh, what Volkov did to Overeem. Yeah. And when they show that replay and like the build up to his fights and Overeem's like crawling away after getting dropped, it's like, oh, fuck. Volkov's a bad man. He's like, bad. He, he is a bad man. And in the first round, I was like, God, Volkov looks good. Mm-hmm. He looks so good. And then it started to change a little bit in the second round. Those calf kicks started adding up. And I've never seen more disgusting lumps on shins in one night than I did last night. Like people's legs were getting destroyed, Uh, but then gets to take on obviously two of us was not doing what he needed to off his back. Like you should never be just holding your arm up in the air like that. You're presenting all kinds of submissions, but let's talk about the submission. My man got in Ezekiel, which uh, for those of you that don't know it, it is like kind of a beginner choke in gi jiu-jitsu it, because with a gi on, you can grab your sleeve and kind of hide your hand and then duck it in front of the the neck and, and get that squeeze. It's really hard to do if you don't have a sleeve to grab onto because you're kind of basing on your forearm and you got to have good wrist flexibility to get it under the, the neck. And then also you got to have some long ass arms and the only other... I think there's been three Ezekiel chokes in the UFC, uh, and I think the other two were by Alexi Olenek, who mm-hmm. uh, submission ace has you know gorilla arms, can scratch his knees standing up, and to to see the Ezekiel, I I fucking loved it. Um, it's it's the choke that every white belt thinks is like super sneaky, and they try to pull on people, you know. Uh, and so it's, it's cool to see and and. MMA, uh, especially, I mean, just no gi. It is really hard to get. Uh, and my man Volkov was not happy at the press conference. Uh, he's like, where's my bonus? You know, my first submission in the UFC against a top 10 guy. It's a submission you don't ever see. Where's my bonus? Like, yeah, I, I get that one. Yeah, it, it, first of all, you've you've explained Ezekiel, I think, when we've seen in the UFC before. Mm-hmm. But last night I was like, I, I got to see how to do it. Because, you know, like, they're such big guys. I couldn't see how their hands were. I had to see it. Mm-hmm. It's super impressive to me because I don't do jujitsu, the, the, the new nits. But I I get I get his complaint. But, like, you have to give, like, I don't disagree with Cop Dos Santos getting the fight, right? Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with, we'll talk about Justin Taffa. And I don't disagree with Sean Strickland. I, I mean, it's just, it's one of these things where I don't understand why the UFC making all this money and not paying your fighters as much as you could, whether or not they, you know, I'm not a business guy, but just give more out. Like, why can't you just, why does it have to be a set amount? Just give them out. If, if someone deserves it, give it to them. What's $50,000 to y'all? It's nothing. Um, but good one for him. I, I will say for me, Volkov looked good in the first round. But Tui Vasa just looked a little sloppy to me as well, right? Like, I understand that he wanted to make it dirty, but he just looked out of control a little bit. Um, and if he didn't have heavyweight power, I don't think the fight would have been felt as close. Um, yeah. But he did lump up your boy's legs. I mean, he he fucked his leg yeah. up. He's not walking today, yeah. for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing about it kind of going forward though and, and we we talked about it last week for two of us right like he's we know what he is yeah 
Yeah, he's a big guy going to get into brawls. It'll be fun, but Terrible that's about haircut. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting. Was the yeah, no sideburns is, <laughs> is always an interesting weird. look, unless you're going for the the torch head. Sure. Um, but Volkov moving forward, he's in a really weird spot. Mm. He's fought so many people, right? Like yesterday, as during the first round, I was like, oh, him first gone would kind of be fun because he was showing you know some good kickboxing with how he was handling leg kicks. I don't think it you know. As that went on, I was like, okay, Gon would beat this dude's leg up. But it was like, man, a him versus Aspinall. Oh, wait, he fought Aspinall and lost in like three minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just the, I, I don't know what you do with him. I think, and this is coming from a place where I am assuming that both Miocic and Jones don't fight again after their fight. Sure. And there's a, a new belt. And I think if you have, if Aspinall's part of that, like that's, going to present the best matchup for Volkov because if it's Aspinall versus gone you know maybe you could do Volkov versus Pavlovich in a in Russia why not let's do it uh and if you have Aspinall fighting Pavlovich cool now he can fight gone that'd be a good one what's gonna be tough for Volkov is if they do Pavlovich gone because then like the odd man out is Aspinall and we already saw that fight so can I just throw something in here what about what about you just give it to your boy Almeida, Jonathan Almeida? What if you just have him fight Volkov? Is that not yeah, fair? Well, first of all, Almeida's got to get past Curtis Blades. Oh, I forgot to hear it in, Matt. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, which My is bad. forgot about that match. Not an easy one. However, if he does get past him, yeah, I, I think that's a good one because I think that's a, a test that he needs to pass, that Volkov needs to pass because we saw what happened against Blades, right? He got taken down yep. for five rounds and could not get back up, and it would be a very similar style from Almeida. Uh, so yeah, that was one I was actually thinking about. I was, was winner of that fight, but we don't want to see him fight blades again. That was not a, a fun fight. Like blades just you know, grappled him for, for five rounds and, yep. and let him know he couldn't hang. I forgot about uh, so, yeah. the Almeida blades fight. I'm really excited about that again. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. Be good yeah. 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 Headlining a card in Brazil. It's going to yeah. be fucking yeah. awesome. And from one heavyweight fight to another, uh, we will go to the, New Zealand Farva, uh, and he even <laughs> came out to uh, John Denver, which just another cool reference to Super Troopers. I felt like it was intentional, uh, but the first of all, the eye poke like again, you know, Austin Lane. Let's be careful. Yeah, okay, let's be careful. But when Tafa touched, it was kind of like okay, like if Tafa touches him, the it's, fight's going to be over. I I picked that one with with my heart, not my head, going yeah, for, for sure. the Murray State guy, uh, but. Got him, and then the ground and pound. He did not, maybe one shot, but that ref was did not get in quick enough. He like circled around to see his face, which I understand, but then let him eat a few more. Like that was scary for Lane. That was really savage ground and pound because there was no resistance from Lane. Didn't have any of Tafa's base tied up. Like Tafa was like free on his knees, just. Throat like Donkey Konging his head. It was Dude, scary. It, it was very much like Donkey Kong. It was like he was punching through him. It was it was one of those things where you're like, oh, this is heavyweights. This is what mm-hmm. a heavyweight is. Um, here's the thing I'm gonna say, and I could be completely wrong, but the Austin Lanes of the world, he's so athletic, but he doesn't walk and he doesn't hold himself to what I think like a fighter is. When we start seeing these people that are athletic like this growing up fighting, it's gonna be problems because Austin Lane is I mean he's fucking humongous I didn't realize how much bigger he was gonna look just like (laughs) massive wise he's huge he's got a huge head right um 
but he just doesn't he doesn't move like uh, someone that's been fighting his whole life, right? Fighter. He he yeah. moves like an athlete, though. I mean, I'm, uh, clearly he made it to the NFL. He's he's no joke. But it's really sure. exciting to see the Austin Lanes of the world grow up fighting because then we're gonna see the most exciting light heavyweight and heavyweight divisions of all time. Like then we're gonna be We've talking. We've seen it once. Yep, you're absolutely John Jones. Right. You're absolutely he's the right. one. Right? Yeah, and and when we see it more consistently, because that moment I was like. God, he just looks so athletic, but Tafa looks like a fighter. He finds your chin, right? Um, yes. Yeah. He just hits so fucking hard. <laughs> it's just not fair. Yeah. It's just not fair. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to see it until the money gets better. Sure. Right. Absolutely because right. if you're a, if you're that caliber of an athlete at that size, you're going to make tens of millions of dollars in the NFL as opposed to you know, having to be the absolute best in the world like one the one single best in the world to have a chance yeah, to make that if i'm going to get cte in both sports i'm going to at least get paid while i get my cte right like i might as well yeah, yeah i might as well get and, paid in the nfl and not get beaten up by other grown men that want to hurt me yeah i'm not going to get knocked unconscious in my underwear in front of millions of people <laughs> like that's right like there's a certain ego involved with that where i you guess have to be so man i've never thought about it being in the yeah. undies but yeah. yeah like you you have to you have to put your your pride aside yep. To, because that ultimately like that can happen, especially at those weight classes, right? It's not always the best fighter that wins because of the consequences yep. at, at those weight classes. So yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Also scary was uh, my man Shane Young twitching after Gabriel Miranda choked him unconscious. Yeah. That was scary. It looked like he was trying to kick to get out of the choke, but I actually think that was him spasming, like watching it back. You think so? Like he might have been. Because they stopped it within a second, and he was out, and he was twitching. But I, I, and I could be completely wrong. I looked at it as like it was his last effort. Who just that we just saw this with who a couple events ago, and someone just went out. I'll think about it. But I, it, for me, it looked like his last ditch effort. Like I gotta get out because it, no matter if you're a fighter, it's still a panic mode, right? Like your yeah. lights are going out, you're not breathing anymore. So, but yeah, I mean, what a what a choke, especially not knowing if it was actually sunken in, and then. Knowing that it was definitely sunken in, um, yeah, quick ninth yeah. fastest submission in featherweight history, yeah. right? Like that's fast. And here's a guy who made his debut up a weight class against uh, Benoit Saint Denis mm-hmm. and got got worked. And then very similar to Saint Denis, right? Gets a full camp, goes to his true weight class, and he looked awesome. Like I'm I'm really excited to see Miranda's next fight after a performance like that. To, yeah. to go in there, oh, you're going to present your back. Cool. Got it. Choke. Boom. Like that. Awesome. Like yeah. sign me up for Miranda's next fight. And he could probably fight next week. Just no damage. Yeah. He looked like in great shape. He just had the control. It was. And the mustache. 100%. <laughs> yeah. But he just looked satisfied. He just looked happy to be in the moment. And disgusting choke. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. feel that way too if I just did that to somebody else. Like I feel great about myself quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, disgusting. You want to talk disgusting? Uh, my man Jack Jenkins arm. <sighs> that was disgusting. <laughs> like that, that was uh, really bad. The you know, anytime you you go to brace, like you got to be careful. It's a reason day one in any impact martial art, you know, like jujitsu, which isn't the biggest, but judo, they teach you to break your fall mm-hmm. because that's the kind of shit that can happen. And and that was awful. You hate to see it for Jack Jenkins because he looked good you know other than attempting to break chip and mariscal's cup 
Uh, and and Chepe seemed a little just like, hey, bro, like, why would you do that? You yeah, know, like very did. much like, come he on. Did. He did. Well, I, I thought it was funny because they had just gotten done talking about Jack Jenkins has broken people's legs, like multiple people's legs with leg kicks. Mm. And I mean, great endorsement for whoever makes Chepe's cup, right? Because yeah. <laughs> it didn't break and my man could continue pretty quick. Uh, but yeah, the uh, I mean, those kicks, Chepe's legs were beat to yep. shit. It was disgusting. Uh, but how about Chepe? They've put him in against two hot prospects, right? A guy who was undefeated and then uh, a very, very good prospect in Jack Jenkins. And my man's just here to spoil the party. Yep. And and I didn't know what happened uh, with a dislocation at first. I was like, did he really knock him out? I, I was so confused at first. I didn't have the volume on at that point. Um, and I was like, why is he just laying there? And then turn on the volume, hear the talk. But... He 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 did the action to have the throw, and like yep. you're saying, if you're gonna come in here to spoil people's fun, good for you. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Um, I mean, I say that right. What, who knows what happens if if he breaks his fall differently? Um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he Jenkins won the first round. I don't know how the second round is gonna go, but give it to him. If you're gonna throw somebody and they they break their fall incorrectly, you won the fight. Yeah, no, I, I don't take anything away from it. It was a close fight, fun one, ready to see what Mary's called. Now, a dislocated what was it, elbow? Elbow, yeah. What is that? That's not that's not a that's not a long layoff, should be, right? I don't shouldn't be too bad. Depends what it did to okay. like the Fair ligaments enough. and stuff in the elbow. Uh, or if like a bone chipped or something like that. Uh, but if it just straight dislocation, shouldn't be a, a super long you know, being out, but well, who knows what, what else, what should all the people before they dislocate their elbows do? So prior to dislocating their elbow, because you could potentially lose the ability to use your hand for a little bit, go right now. Uh, You can even pause the podcast if you want. I don't normally recommend that, but for today we can do that since you are about to prep yourself to dislocate your elbow, (laughs) you're sick. Uh, But just go ahead, hit that follow, like, subscribe. Uh, Make sure that you are getting notified when the new episodes drop so you have it for your Monday morning drive or walk into your home office. Uh, And then also you'll be notified Friday nights of the F updates. As you guys have seen, it varies the time that those drop. So that way you will be aware of those. And then also as you're liking, that just helps us out, bring more people to the party, get going up those rankings. Uh, And then by all means, go dislocate your elbow. Until next Monday. Until the following. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if you're already subscribed, then, Fair you enough. know, cool. You're right. Or, or go with your weak hand, right? Let's try to become ambidextrous here. Um, yeah. And one interesting thing before we hop into the commentary, which I do want to talk about. Uh, Chepe did talk about going to see a nutritionist, and I don't know if he just felt like his body needed to change or if he thinks he's in the wrong weight class. Like I'm, I'm curious as, as to what he was talking about there. So that'll be something to look out for. Uh, but with the commentary, talked about it on the F update. You know, Senko was on the call. We've heard her before with Cormier, and there's good, there's good chemistry there. Was interested to see what the chemistry was going to be like with Anik. I thought this was a great announcing team. Right. I, I thought that the the play, the back and forth between all of them, one of my favorite things about DC is he just seems like a dude who's there having fun. Yep. You know, he loves watching it and he's it's sounds like a very knowledgeable person watching it with his buddies. Uh, and I think Sanko brings a very similar vibe. 
and she she had a couple kind of phrases that I really enjoyed. I talked about one earlier where she was talking about weaponizing patients, uh, but then, and I'm definitely stealing this. Uh, she was talking about how Izzy turns his fights into a violent IQ test, and like what a what an awesome way to describe what MMA is, right? I think we've all heard Rogan say it's human chess with you know the most dire of consequences. I also kind of like violent IQ tests, yeah. right? Like, like that's a, yeah, exactly. And then they they asked Dana about it afterwards, and he's like, "Yeah, she's a fucking rock star. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's going to be doing more pay per views." And I don't see, I don't see why, we'll see. I don't see why they would bring her up and then never have her do another pay per view. It's like if you're going to do it, you already know. Ah, she she's a professional. There's no this isn't like college where it's like we're going to test you out. It's like no, I'm I'm either good for it or not. Um, I don't know. Do you get her beside a Rogan? I don't know, um, but I think there always has to be. And I know Senko fought in Invicta. She had one professional fight. I think you're always going to need the former UFC fighter as as part of the call. Um, I I I, I don't disagree, especially because. But I think I think if you have a Rogan there, um, if you had a Rogan and Anik, I think it'd be just as good commentary as anything else. But like, mm-hmm. I do like the. Stateside pay per view Rogan DC Anik, uh, so it'd be yep. interesting. I wouldn't want to see Rogan DC Sanko Rogan's. I I would like to see Anik somewhere in there. I do think oh, he yeah. breaks up that even even with DC joking around last night. Like, can I get another like these fights are coming? So can I get yeah. another promo? But that's the type of stuff I like to see. Um, I I do agree with you though. The, having the fighter is so invaluable, and no matter how you get that in there, you know, like the the Rogan. Goldberg era is over where you, you having that fighter in there just makes it feel good. I mean, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan. So when I saw Tony Romo on, on like a, a commentating, it just makes you feel like, okay, I can trust this person a little bit more because they play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sanko is going to be definitely, even, even if it's not pay-per-views, definitely give her on the fight night shows, everything. We're going to hear her voice a lot more and, and she yeah, deserves and it. She, she earned it. Yeah. Made most of the opportunity, yeah. right? I, I, we talked about it before at one point when they were finally letting her do commentary on the contender series, she was announcing the result of, she was doing commentary, getting into the cage to announce the result of the fight and then running backstage to go do the interview with the fighter. Like you talk about somebody that's put in the work and just like Strickland, just like Dos Santos, we have another person who took advantage of the opportunity they were given and did a great job. Now, granted it was outside of the cage, but you know, in my younger years, sometimes I'd get a little salty about, you know, you see that person who has what you don't and you know, like those types of things. But the older I get, the more I just appreciate, even though obviously this is a lane that I'm not in, but just to see people get an opportunity, yeah. make the most of that opportunity is a really cool thing well, to see. And I'm looking forward to, well, what to is, more. What does it affect on. us as fans? She's clearly knowledgeable. And don't get me wrong. She had hiccups last night. You only get away from the hiccups if you get the reps in. She's a fighter. Mm-hmm. She knows what reps feels like. Um, she's got a good. I'm not just saying like she's a, like attractive or not. She's got a good presence. You know, it doesn't matter what she mm-hmm. looks like because whether or not you think DC is attractive or not, he's got a good presence. Um, yeah. And you know, it does bring in. We do have a female division. When you hear the female fighters and you're like, oh, this person's a fighter. Get to know him. It brings more validity to the sport. And if she was garbage, um, I remember 
uh, and no, no offense to Michelle Waterson, but watching her do some of the, I don't remember, was it Fox sports or was it ESPN? I was like, she's not good. Yeah, it was like the analyst stuff. Yeah. It, it just yeah. wasn't, it was like, this feels clunky. It doesn't feel good. You didn't get that last night. You just heard a female voice instead. And it, it fit good for, good for Senko. Um, <laughs> and, and, and not good for Senko in terms of a, like a quote, affirmative act good for Senko because you put in the work and you fucking deserve it. And you feel, par- and yeah. her and DC have such a good chemistry already that even yes. if you only put her with DC and Anik, okay, I'll watch it. Yeah. You know, it's good. Yeah. Her, good. her and Felder's good too. Okay. Yeah, I, I, this a, is my first time actually listening too. to the commentary. I don't listen too yeah. much commentary because if you bring her up, I definitely wanted to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, also it just made me laugh because you know, during the main event, DC's talking about, man, I'm so nervous. And and here's a guy who has been in the cage for those fights, yep. for the biggest fights in the world. Yep. Uh, and, you know, announcing it, he's nervous and like a kid, you know, just talking about it. That's, that's what I love that's about kind of That's stuff. what I love about DC. I, I, I love DC. Even like yesterday when he had to pull away the microphone, he's like, ah, you fucker, you got me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like hearing him say that type of stuff, you only get that commentary. And Senko can talk to that commentary. She can mm-hmm. tell you what it feels like to walk to a cage. I don't. I can't tell you what it feels like, like on any level. I mean, I'd I'd rather hear from an amateur fighter who's fought one time, or from Rachel Alstovich's dad. You know, I'd rather hear from him about what Mm -hmm. it feels like to to win or lose a fight, to know what that feels like when you hear them switch on Izzy, not switch on Izzy negatively, but like, hey man, maybe he's tired. You put more Mm -hmm. validity into her because she might know what it feels like to be tired. Have her on there. Um, it's we now we have Dom, we have Bisbee, we got DC, we got Senko. Um, we got Felder. These are these are good additions. I, I like. I mean, yeah. I know Biz being your hit or miss sometimes with him. Um, I like mm-hmm. them all. I like them all. Speaking of liking, there's a few fighters coming up on this Noche UFC card uh, that that I like. I'm I'm excited for. Can I make Can I make one uh, uh, guess? Yeah, you're out of all the fighters you're gonna see. I'm gonna assume that one of the fighters you're gonna bring up is. Kopalov, I'm just guessing. Do your thing. I'm just making a guess. Are you talking about Chase Hooperov? 100% I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. Chase Hooperov. Yeah, and I'll go right into that one. Uh, you know, Roman Kopalov, just what we have seen from him recently in his last three fights. I mean, we're talking three straight knockouts or TKOs, uh, two in the second round, one in the third round. Uh, I mean, the guy, he's almost like a middleweight Piotr Jan, and I'm not saying that just because they're both Russian, uh, but the fact is, like, he's getting reads and then just starts turning it on people, and the difference I see between him and Jan is he's throwing a little more out there early on to get those reads. Uh, he's 11-2 and two overall, and 10 of those 11 uh, are by way of knockout. I mean, it's just the the things that, that he has done, like, when you look at that Claudio Hibero head kick, I think that was at 291, one of, and it was set up, right? Like that wasn't just a oh, Hibero didn't see it coming. He set it up, you know, fainted the jab because he'd been fainting the entire fight. And one of the flushest head kick knockouts you're ever going to see in your life. Can I make a comment on that real quick? Not to yeah. mess up your flow. I thought that was a better head kick on the night. Like I thought his head kick was a better head kick. I mean, you say it was set Gaethje. up. Yeah, I, I mean, Gaethje's was good. I think his was better. It was just impressive. I do want to ask you a question. You said he's kind of like Yawn. Is he consistently quicker to download that information than Yon? I don't know if he's consistently quicker to download. He is more 
active as he's doing gotcha. so. Gotcha. All right, fair. Like there's a there's a bit, especially five round yawn versus three round yawn. Mm. There's a little bit of like, well, I'm gonna give away round one, kind of as I'm, you know, and not not like an intentional thing, but as I'm getting my reads, if I, you know, as long as I stay sound defensively and then I can figure it out, I feel good moving forward. Gotcha. Whereas Kapilov, I feel like he throws stuff out there as he's doing that, so he's not necessarily, you know, quote unquote, giving the round away. But the this is third fight in 2023, which is fucking awesome Insane. because he was not getting fights before. They said six fights canceled, and it's not all him, or it's not all his opponents. He's had visa issues. He's had to withdraw from fights. Uh, but you know me, I like a good body shot, and the. He does great body work. He's a southpaw, so he just destroys people's livers. He throws the liver kick so well. What he did, uh, Punahule Soriano, was beautiful body work to the point where it's like, yeah, Soriano's tough. Oh, good body shot. Good body shot. And then eventually it's like, oh, yeah, that's the one, right? Yeah. Like that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, and he just does it. He's slick, slick striking. He had been getting out grappled, got out grappled by uh, Duraev. I was like, cool, now I'm going to go to Dagestan and, and work on my grappling in Dagestan. So very excited to see because the last three have been amazing performances. And if he can keep that trajectory, it's going to be awesome. He's taking on Josh Fremd. This was a weird one where Fluffy Hernandez was supposed to be fighting uh, somebody else. Or Fluffy Hernandez was supposed to be fighting, I think it was Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis got hurt, and then they brought in Kapilov to fight uh fluffy and then fluffy got hurt and then they brought in josh fram so it's been like a really weird uh kind of deal there but super excited to see him another guy that i'm very very excited for is fernando padilla featherweight he's fighting kyle nelson now he's 15 and 4 uh with 13 of those coming by way of finish five knockouts eight submissions 26 years old young dude but kind of some part of this trend that we're starting to see with some of these fighters where they're young and they might not have the most impressive record, but that's because they're getting legitimate experience mm-hmm. on their way up. You know, not this like boxing, we're going to try to protect this person's record, but it's almost like a Natalia Silva, a Karine Silva, where they're getting these like legitimate fights early in their career. And he's a featherweight with a six foot four inch reach. Insane. Yeah, that's scary. And his. He's 1-0 in the UFC, and, and it was against Julian Arosa, who was not a punk. The accuracy he was showing against him was scary. You know, it was a bit of an early stoppage where Arosa was on his feet running away when they stopped the fight, and yeah. I get why. If you watch the whole sequence, Arosa got dropped bad, fought his way back up, got dropped again, and so the ref starts running in, and then he popped up and started to circle away, and it was like, okay, like I get, I get the ref's perspective. And it's like we've talked about before. That stoppage should not have occurred in a title fight or a top 15 fight. But younger guys on the undercard, I get ref stepping in a little earlier to try to you know make sure that long-term their careers sure. don't get jacked up because, because of it. But Padilla is definitely one to watch. Uh, and then the last one, I, I want to see this one because I want to know how he responds. I'm talking about Raul uh, Rosas you, Jr. You're talking about the bantamweight Squidward? Gotcha. Yes. Yes. So my man came in at 17, won his contract, made his on contender series, made his debut at 18 years old in the UFC, won his first one with submission, but a very grappling heavy fighter and just got it showed 
the lack of experience showed in his last fight against Christian Rodriguez, who was also a very highly touted prospect. It's funny because they flashed before in that fight that the uh, whenever there's a seven-plus-year age gap that the younger fighter wins 60-something, well, 70% of the time. But <laughs> Christian Rod- Rodriguez is only 25 years old. Yeah. <laughs> it's between an 18-year-old and 25-year-old, not like a 30 and a 37-year-old. Yeah, you have all the experience in the world, you're in your prime. Yeah, it's different. A- exactly. And... I mean, he he was manhandled, you, you know, and and there was a you could tell the difference in the body, you know, just the like man strength versus boy strength, and not to call Rosas a boy, just uh, he is he started I think at like fourteen or fifteen, stepping into a cage with grown men to fight, yeah. right? So like let's let's talk about that, you know, but he didn't land a significant strike till round three of that fight. I think he he landed two significant strikes total the entire fight, and so. He was getting manhandled on the ground. He like gassed out. It, w- it was not a great performance. And so for somebody who's this young, for something like that to happen to him, he said all the right stuff since then. You know, my mentality doesn't change just because I lost. Like, I still think I'm a world champion, yada, yada. Now let's actually see, you know, does the body of work match what he's saying? And he and he and he came like yeah, he came into that fight also with like that young man. I the I can't die energy, which. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you get humbled like that, and I'm not saying humbled in a negative way, but he got humbled. I mean, it yeah. was it was. I think his first round was pretty successful, right? But then it was just like, oh, we know what you're gonna do, and this guy, mm-hmm. this guy downloaded your information. Um, sometimes that's the best thing for it. If he really is willing to grow, uh, he can be a problem. He can mm-hmm. be a problem. But this one, I, I get why you're highlighting this one. It's gonna because. He he can bring some excitement to a division just because like uh, well first of all you can't bring any more excitement to this fucking division right like this is <laughs> yes bantamweight <laughs> ridiculous but he does have something to him that you're kind of like okay I don't mind seeing this guy win a little bit let's see. but but he's he's got to he's got to shore up some things and some of that's just eighteen I mean it's just 18. yeah and and they were trying to push him they they were doing like. Things on ESPN, like on yeah. Sports Center, little like promos for him and stuff. So they were. It almost reminded me of when they were doing that for Kevin Holland. Yeah. And then Kevin Holland got out grappled by I think it was the Vittori fight. Uh, but you know, just one of those things where like they were trying to build his star and then that happened. Mm-hmm. And so I get it, but that lets you know their their plan for him is they want him to be that star. So he he has to come back. He he has to. Uh, not saying like oh, that's career defining because he's 18 years old, but it might be UFC defining. Yes, and it might be you know if he gets dominated again, then like okay maybe it maybe he needs to go back to two smaller promotions for the next three four years and come back when he's 23 years old. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> like, man, come back when you're crazy. older in like five years when you're 23. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we're not asking you to be able to legally rent a car, just <laughs> legally be able to drink. It's <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then comebacks. We do have uh, Tracy Cortez coming back after quite some time off. Uh, she number fourteen ranked at flyweight. Still, you know, it used to be if you were inactive for a year, they took you out of the rankings. Now they just do that when they want to. Uh, but she's taking on Jasmine Jazdavicius, who has been ranked at fifteen. She's kind of bounced in and out of the top fifteen, not from her own performances, but just because sometimes after fights they just change the rankings, even when people didn't fight. Uh, but this is going to tell us a lot about Tracy Cortez because 10 and 10 and one and four and zero in the UFC. And she holds a win over Aaron Blanchfield. Now, granted, I think she was like 24, 25 and Blanchfield was 20, 
but still we know what Blanchfield is now. Yep. And so that that's a very good win. Cortez has very good grappling. Her wrestling game is strong and but she's been injury prone, right? She's fought once a year since 2020. And so her last fight was May of 2022. I think we all remember December of last year, she was supposed to be fighting Amanda Hebas. Big fight for her and was pulled during the pre-fight physical. So, and they said it was non-COVID related, non-weight cut related. They haven't said what it was, uh, but pulled her right then and there. She has not disclosed the reason. She hasn't talked about it, but you know there was speculation about pregnancy, uh, but the this is her chance now, right? Like that division has come along a lot since she last fought, right? And and now, I mean, Blanchfield was in the UFC, but she wasn't who she is now. Karina Silva, Natalia Silva, right? Like all of these fighters that are now coming along weren't there when when she last fought. And, and Jazz Davizius is is one of those, right? Here here's a woman who's three and one in the UFC, and her only loss is to Natalia Silva, which has aged pretty damn well. Hell yeah, it is. You know, and she's had three fights since the last time Cortez stepped into the cage. So, you know, clearly more active. What she did in her last fight against Miranda Maverick was impressive. I mean, she the grappling was really good. The the striking was nice. I just want to know if Jazz Davisius, if her grappling has continued to improve. Because if it has, that's going to be a problem for Cortez. Because Cortez does not have power. She has two finishes in her 10 wins. Right, She's like a grind-you-out kind of grappler, dirty boxing, that type of stuff. And so... If Jazz Davisius' grappling's gotten better, problem for Cortez. If it hasn't, problem problem for old Jazzy. Yeah, because you know Jazzy's got a little bit more height, a little bit more reach, <clears throat> but mid thirties, and <laughs> Cortez might have the benefit of you know sometimes not being active isn't such a bad thing. We just saw it with um, Chikidze versus <laughs> uh, Bruce Lee. Right, it's not always a bad thing, but sometimes it is when you have someone that's more like consistently active. This is going to be an interesting one because Cortez has the backing of like social media. So she mm-hmm. will bring eyes. So it's a big moment for Jasmine. But I don't know. This one, this one's a tough one. Right now, Cortez sits at a minus 130 favorite um, to a plus 110. It's not like a, a huge line. It's a pick em almost. Yeah. But it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting fight. Um, I don't know though. It's it's tough when you haven't seen someone fight in so long. Mm. Do you think a win over Cortez or vice versa, any of these women win? Do they really skyrocket to the next part, or or are they just in a position to be like, okay, you're still fighting the top like ten to fifteen? Yeah, I, I think it depends how it goes down because like also at the end of the day, we have the title for this division on this card, Fair and enough. that matters, right? Yeah. Eyes are going to be there. Uh, it gives you the opportunity to make a if you go out there and you do something awesome. It gives you the opportunity, even if it's you know wishful thinking, to make a call out. Yeah, right. They're like, hey, you guys are about to see the belt on the line. You know, like I want the winner of that. Like you can you can make a call out. But also, what I think it does is it then either introduces for Jazz Davisius or reintroduces for Tracy Cortez them back into these talks. Right, like now all of a sudden that next fight is versus one of the Silvas. Uh, it's versus a King Casey or Amanda Hebas, Jennifer Maya, like these names that we're all very familiar with. Now, all of a sudden you get the right to fight those people. So I think it's propels to the next step. The only thing that's really bizarre is that you have the number 14 and 15 finding the third fight of the prelim. It's like, it's almost like they're not really allowing 
it's it's almost like a and this is just me speculating, but it's almost like a hey, fight your fight. You know, one of y'all get a win, but you're not there. Like we're not even putting you at a level of you know the the featured pre. Oh, I mean, because you know, like we were talking yeah. about, you know, this featured prelim. Um, so I don't know a win. I think a win for them is. I think a win just is a win column. This one doesn't seem like it holds too much weight on the division. Just, just this matchup. Unless you say something spectacular happens, you go out there and you just murder. Yeah, I, I think part of the reason for its placement, which is a, a little confusing, just because of Tracy Cortez's social media following, and William like Defoe. that matters. Yes, Willem Dafoe. Uh, I think it's you know that matters to the UFC social media following, and and so generally you see people with a good following being in a better position in the card. However, in a combined twenty-two fights for these women, there is five stoppage victories for the for yeah. the two of them yeah fair enough so I, you know like that's i think that's it you can't put that in the featured prelim because that's supposed to be getting people amped up and absolutely like, you know, can't put a division or uh almost guaranteed decision there now what is probably not going to be a decision is our co-main event uh kevin holland versus jack della Maddalena, uh, which by the way how much more amazing would this card have been last week if Della Maddalena was on it. Uh, and once again, hey, guys, stop saying cards are shit before they happen. Yeah. I, I was reading all this stuff about how, oh, 293 is horrible. They said it about 289 in Canada, too. But the cards deliver, all right? Like, that's that's part of the fun of this sport, right? We saw the greatest upset, in, I think, line-wise, in the history of men's uh, it was MMA at least title in, fights. And middleweight title fights, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, like... Stop with that bullshit, you know. Uh, but Holland versus Jack Della is mm, it's gonna be fun, right? Because there's not the threat of the takedown, and we've seen with both of these guys, that's when they're at their best. Yep. Right. And with with Holland, sometimes it's ill-advised, like, hey, let's let's fight kickboxing, Wonder Boy. You know, probably not the smartest life decision. <laughs> but you know, his his striking is so good. Yeah. It's so powerful. The reach. I mean, he, he's a problem. And then Della Maddalena, we saw, and granted, it was super short notice, all the stuff that happened uh, with his fight with Twins Basil uh, in his last one. But when he knows, like, hey, I'm going to be able to, like, stand and box with somebody. Now, the the thing that I'm really interested in is, do body shots work against somebody as skinny as Kevin Holland? I don't know, man. I just, Kevin Holland's so good. Like, this is such a big jump in talent for JDM. It's such mm-hmm. a big jump in talent. Kevin Holland makes things fun. He makes press conferences fun. He makes the week of fun. He makes the fight fun. But if you're JDM and you go out and beat him, that is that is something to to say. This isn't like a oh you beat Kevin Holland who gives a shit. This is this is big for him. But also, is it that big for Kevin Holland? Uh, I don't know. I, I I think in two ways. First way is that he's staying at 170, which is what he needs to do Love it. from a Love to see it. Yeah, he he performs better at 170 than 185, I think. And so in that instance, yes, I think it's good. But also Jack Della co-mained a, granted it was a fight night, but a, a card in, in Perth, right? He, yep. he was the co-main event. So Jack Della has a name. Obviously his last fight kind of, you know, halted the hype train a little bit. But this isn't a fight that isn't going to be spectacular in the way that it plays out, whether it's a finish or it's just a long, you know, 15 minute back and forth. Like I think this fight, We've said it before, and and it's come back to bite us. But I don't, I don't see how this is a boring fight. And so I think if Kevin Holland goes out there and starches 
Della Maddalena, have your pick on who you're calling out. Call out Ian Machado, Gary. Yeah. You, you know, go, go try to get Sean Brady, Jeff Neal. Like, go try to get one, you know, one of these fights up. And if you're Della Maddalena, same thing. You dispatch Kevin Holland. Like, hey, Sean Brady, we were supposed to fight. Like, let's do it. You yeah. know, the, like you have the opportunity. I think this is one of those instances where even though it's 13 versus 14, where the winner can catapult themselves into the top 10 for their next fight, like that next fight being a top 10 fight. I don't disagree. This is the biggest name for Della Maddalena. Um, And yeah, you do that because you're on a crazy win streak. So you just say, look, like I know his last fight was a split decision. It was a little bit more scary than probably m- most people thought. But yep. this is Kevin Holland, man. The problem is, is that if Kevin Holland wins, I just don't know how much weight. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Kevin Holland has the personality to call somebody out and get fights. But if you take away personality, it's like, okay, well, who has JDM really fought name-wise that really gets you to call out a top 10 person? You have the personality and he gets to do it, especially if he does it like like the way he just dispatched of Kiesa was awesome, right? It was awesome. So uh, Kevin Holland has that it factor. Uh, this is going to be... This is going to be the fight maybe you expected a little bit more to see with Wonder Boy. It's just Wonder Boy just on that little bit higher level stand-up, right? Where Kevin Holland can make the decision. I'm going to stand up with this guy, and it's probably going to be, like, fucking amazing. Um, but, ah, oh man, I, it's it's hard. I, I I mean, I know we have a whole week to do our picks, but it's just hard to pick against Holland on this one. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to me, this is, if this was, if you didn't have Grasso Shevchenko, and this was the headliner for fight night, I would be super excited about that fight night. 100%. Right? It, and the fact that we're getting this as a co-main, yeah, I'm. this is the fight that, and obviously a title fight I'm always going to be super excited about, but this is the fight that I'm most excited about. Yeah, me, me this too. This fight has a little bit more like, I'm like, ooh, it's like a little more electric to it, you know? But mm-hmm. but you're right. It's, there's a title fight next, and you're like, I, I, I'm invested in the title to see like ooh, yeah. the best of the best. So uh, go ahead yes. and let's talk about the title and, fight. Well, yeah, and... The story for me on this one is I want to know, does Grasso level up, right? Like we saw it with Leon Edwards mm-hmm. where all of a sudden, I mean, that was a fight. He was, he won the first round, did not win rounds two through five until he, you know, headshot dead. Like until that he was losing the rest of the fight. But then the next fight was not close. Like he was clearly the better fighter. And it looked, it kind of looked like Usman couldn't shake, couldn't shake what happened, mm-hmm. right? It kind of looked like yeah. he was like a little bit more hesitant. I didn't even think about that for this fight. That would be Gross. Uh, I'm sorry. Shevchenko has been so far and above everybody else. If Grosso does and Leon Edwards level up, man, what in the world? This division is wide the fuck open. Oh yeah. I haven't even thought about that. What, what a great thing to bring up. I, I, I didn't even put that in consideration. There's almost as biased that I think Shevchenko is such a killer that she's going to level up. I didn't even think about like once you have the title, your confidence is different. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And that that camp, right? Like Diego Lopez is doing good things. Like that is a good camp. They're in re-watching that fight to to prep for this podcast. It was a closer fight than than what I remembered, where I initially in my mind, the way I was remembering it, I'm sure I thought differently on fight night, sure. but the way I was remembering it was Grosso had some early success and then Shevchenko just took over the fight. And then, you know, it was an error that led to the finish. And like that, that's not how it played out. Grosso is 
very sound defensively. And there's a little bit of with Shevchenko because she's so muscular. She's a lot bigger than Grasso, but everything she throws when it hits, it's kind of that it gets reactions from the crowd. Oh, yeah. But when you go back and watch it, it's like, oh, well, she wasn't getting hit clean. You know, it, it's almost like a Cheeto Vera where there's times where it's like, man, he's getting hit. And then you actually watch. It's like, no, he really, really wasn't like the hands got up. The head moved away. It was a glancing blow. And Grosso has some of that to her. One of the really interesting things uh, was she really found her range when she was switching to Southpaw. Mm. And I don't know if that's a symptom of Shevchenko being a Southpaw and being so used to fighting Orthodox fighters that when it's a, you know, kind of close stance that she's like, oh, like it's just different for her. And, but Grasso, when she would go Southpaw, would find the range. She stung Shevchenko, had her hurt in, in the first round. I mean, like legitimately Valentina is hurt in, in round one, turned Shevchenko into a wrestler at times. And there was times where Shevchenko was shooting from, you know, Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like out in the solar system, the, it was now Grasso did get taken down sometimes. And then other times she was able to defend. So that that's going to be a big story coming back. But arguably this fight would have been two, two going into the fifth with one being Grasso two three Shevchenko and four Grasso prior to the finish. Yeah. Right. And I wonder now if based off of the fact that Santos was able to take Shevchenko's back and Grasso was able to get the one time that their the back was exposed, she took it and choked her. Like the I wonder if part of Grasso's game plan now is to try to actively work to the back. Which which will be interesting because I, I do have I've never trained with Shevchenko once in my life, but I think that she's obsessed, right? I think that her life is to not only like not only be the best, but when she was at the top, to still like however better I am than the next best person, I want to make that distance further. But you know, she fights every five to eight months ish. You know, five months, six months, eight months. Did she have championship exhaustion? Does she have enough time to get that? Cha- I mean, sometimes you see the weight of the world lift off your shoulders, and then you can go and perform differently. Or does she have more pressure? Uh, this one's going to be interesting from Shevchenko's side because realistically, like, Grosso has the belt to lose, but, like, Shevchenko has more to lose because if you lose again, mm-hmm. it's done, right? Like, you're done probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, If Shevchenko lose again, we're going to talk about her kind of like we talked about, um, <laughs> Jer- J- how do you say her last name? Yeah, J- Check, there, Joanna. Yeah, yeah where, where it was like once Rose beat her and then it was like, oh, did she change? Even though I arguably think without the damage she beat uh, Jean Wei Li, but mm-hmm. she just wasn't she wasn't that that the boogie monster anymore. If Shevchenko's not the boogie monster and the head games are gone, what changes about her game? Right? Because some of it was some of that I'm a I'm the baddest motherfucker that you're gonna step in front of. Um and then for and now I just gotta bring it back up, even though you said it for Grosso, it, it is am I am I the champion and I just got better. You know, I think it was uh mm-hmm. I don't remember who said it, but it was like you just get better. Ooh, this is actually Okay, I might change my mind. I'm more. I might be more excited for this one now than the Edward. I'm the Holland fight. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And, this is a good. And one. I think that. And I think part of the the you know, we always talk about whenever and we talked about it earlier with Izzy losing. Whenever that dominant champ loses, that oh now the division's wide open, and that's not just because the champ is no longer there. It's not like you had a 
dominant champ over like a shitty division yeah. and so now it's wide open with a bunch of shitty fighters like they're bringing everybody else up to their level like valentina is a huge part of why women's flyweight is the best women's division right like the people were building to to try to get to her and, and i think senko said it i i think she might have brought it up there's so much footage on the champion there's so mm-hmm. much like training camps for the champion you're always it doesn't matter if i'm not fighting the champion in my next 10 fights i know who the champion is and i'm i'm always ready for that fight and shevchenko's been that person for a long fucking time you yep. always yeah you're right shevchenko's the reason why these women are better she just yep. is right i mean yeah this is this is this is i wouldn't be surprised either fighter wins i think we're going to be surprised how they win yeah, yeah, I, I want to see how Shevchenko's game plan has yeah, changed. Me too. Or or if it has. You or just if she's just, hey, dance. this is, you just this is what I do here. Do her yeah. dance, bro. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, but like, does she avoid spinning shit? Right. Cause that was like one of the most consequential spinning things that Chael Sonnen and Chris Weidman, right? Like yeah. the most <laughs> consequential missed spinning shit that, that's happened in the UFC. Uh, so does, does she avoid that? But that looseness has always been a pretty big part of her game. And then does she have a different game plan now when Grasso goes southpaw? It was like round four, she finally started sticking out the jab, which you can have in the same stance, you know, versus the the open stance. So does she start building off of the jab when Grasso goes southpaw? I'm, I'm interested to see. I want to know how somebody who is as devoted to their craft of constant improvement when you hear her talk it's not about being the i mean she wants to be the champion but it's about being always improving as a martial artist so like what is that next step for her as a martial artist coming back into this fight and and for me i think um i'm gonna put shevchenko's mindset more on izzy i think kamara uzman had the same mindset but i think the difference was uh with kamara was he got put out cold right so like when when izzy lost the Boaton, he he got tko'd she lost to a submission I do think it's a different consequence, right? Because it's like Amanda Nunez lost his submission and she came and whooped Pena's ass the next time. It's a different consequence because you're like, I didn't get, I didn't get slept. Um, I do think that Shevchenko will still have that confidence that she's the better fighter. What I, what I mean by, I know they always think that, but I don't think she'll lose the confidence that she's the better fighter. I think Kamara Usman had it in his mind a little bit, like what if, right? Um, because when you when you when you dominate someone like you did and then flash KO in the last what was it 10 seconds right 14 seconds it, it's yeah. it's a different consequence cuz you didn't see it coming um so i i do think Shevchenko will still have some of that freedom or i think you called it uh, yeah. i don't know what you just said but um i think she'll have that but once again the thing that you can't take away from Grosso is that she's going to have a different confidence looking down looking at you across the cage i'm just i'm i already stopped you once you know i already stopped yeah. you once yeah it's a di- it's a difference between I'm the best in the world and I'm the best in the world. Yes. Perfect. Right. That's a perfect like way to put it. you think you are versus, you know, you are. And so, yeah, really, really interested yeah. to see how this one plays out. And then fight announcements for, for this week. Uh, just one big one that, that I'm actually pretty darn excited about. Uh, October 7th headlining that fight night. Uh, we have number 10 Grant Dawson taking on unranked Bobby green Ooh. at lightweight. Uh, yeah. it's And that's, 
it's going to be interesting, right? Because we we all know Dawson's game, right? He's going to try to take the back. He's going to go full Aljo, uh, and and that's what he's going to do. We know Bobby Green's game, right? He's going to show you some really nice boxing. <laughs> so how does that – this is almost like a classic striker-grappler matchup, but it's going to tell us a lot about Dawson. Is he ready for some of those elite-type strikers as he moves up? Uh, because he showed us he's ready for elite grapplers when he beat his Magulov. Uh, and then Bobby Green. You know, like, are you ready to be a top 10 guy? You've had some nice wins, but you've been up and down. You've taken some fights you probably shouldn't have. Hello, Islam on short notice. Uh, but like, hey, if you can do this, you know, main eventing uh, and or headlining, however you want to say it, with a fight night card against a top 10 guy, you're you're going to get an opportunity here. Let me ask you a question because you just said is, um, excuse me, Grant Dawson ready for the elite striking. Are you saying that Bobby Green's elite striker or he's an elite lightweight, like his elite striker striker? Uh, compared to the lightweight division? I think he is an elite striker, period, from the standpoint of what he's... If he's not the best at what he does in the UFC, he's the second best behind Strickland. That is that kind of like more shoulder roll boxing type striking because we don't see it in MMA, and I think he's he's the best at that um, because it is a little different than Strickland because Strickland shells up more... Uh, as opposed to, you know, Green's a little more hands down kind of uh, attitude about it. Yeah, exactly. So that that's a hard puzzle to solve, I think, especially if you are not a striker, uh, where you're you know, you're used to kind of seeing some of those different type looks. So that's that's a big test. No, I, I, I only think. ask the question because I, I think if Grant Dawson goes there and outstrikes him, then we can give credence that like, oh, his striking has evolved. Same with Bobby Green. If he goes out there and I mean, I don't know why he would wrestle, but you know, like he goes out there and wrestles them. It's like these guys can can definitely show that they've worked on maybe not their strengths. I want to call it weaknesses, but their strengths with the other person's strength. So that'd be fun. That's a great fight. Yeah, yeah. Anytime Bobby Green's fighting, like we know it's going to be fun. And yeah. Grant Dawson, even though some people might not think it's the most exhilarating style, like to be that dominant on something like a prime Ben Askren or Aljo, like it, it's fun to watch. Like who who's going to be able to solve that puzzle? So that's that's always fun. Um, but I'm I'm excited for this week. You know, we had we're coming off another awesome card. I think the energy is going to be great again because it's Noche yes. uh, UFC. You know, we have. On that, a, a Mexican champion uh, defending her title against arguably the greatest women's fighter of all time, if not the greatest, second or third, you know, uh, on the Mount Rushmore of of women's MMA um, return of uh, at one point somebody that they thought was going to be a potential future champion at flyweight with Tracy Cortez, uh, you know, Chase Hooperov, Roman <laughs> Kapilov coming back. You know, he might be head kicking or liver kicking somebody into oblivion. Uh, which is always fun, you know. Can can the young buck can Rosas come back and uh, you know improve from from what was admittedly not a not a great performance in his last fight? And then for me, just the fireworks and fun uh, that will be Kevin Holland versus Jack Della Maddalena. Cannot wait. Anything else on your end? No, sir. All right. As always, appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect. Later.